Lucky Land slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How long have you worked in Blackpool for now? That's like, how many years? Uh, like, well, this is my 19th pencil there, yeah. Because your head's been up around Blackpool yeah. for 19 years, hasn't it? It's shocking, isn't it? Do you ever go into Blackpool? Like, apart yeah, from, like... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Not... Usually for work purposes. I occasionally get invited. I get invited to a lot of stuff in Blackpool for, like, season launches and new shows that are going on in the town. Because so it's got, like, Blackpool's one of them, isn't it? Like, for people that aren't from Blackpool... For everyone in the north knows Blackpool, don't they? But yeah. if you're, like, not from there, if you went there, yeah, it'd just yeah, blow it just your mind, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, the weird thing... The, the be- I always say the best thing is to do is, is drive down the road... Not the front. Don't drive in the prom because you'll see what you expect to see. Yeah, yeah. If you're driving the next road back, you'll see what you don't expect to see. They're just like heroin addicts. St- yeah, it's like strange amusement arcades mixed with really think burger bars that you think that that that's not even meat they're serving. That what, what are you? Do you know what I mean? It's just a bizarre and people coming out of these places and ah. Oh, well, the, the characters. They're, they're trying to make it more family orientated now, aren't they? Like I've noticed that. Yeah. I think the, the, all the strip bars. I'm not, yeah, I, I think so. I, 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 I don't know why I'm asking that. I don't know why. How many of the shots do you I don't know why you asked that. As if you've got the file. I'm going to think about that because I used to be in that. Well, that one that no one ever knows about. Um, yeah, I assume they have, yeah. You don't see them, you don't see it as... Because there used to be one really? opposite the Coddle Island, didn't you? Again, you see, the thing is, I'm often, I'm always there in the winter, aren't I? Uh, doing pantomime. So a lot of it's kind of closed yeah. anyway. I mean, off-season, if you like. You still get winter creeps, though, won't you? That's oh, you still, still want to yeah, lap yeah. Oh, you still, yeah. And you still get, still weekends, you still get stag do's and stuff like that. It's a, it's a weird one, though, in Blackpool, the dynamic of it. It's weird, because if you've been in a strip bar, I went in with mates, got dragged yeah, in. Yeah. You can walk out of there, like, half two in the afternoon, can't you? Yeah. And then there's families going yeah, by yeah, with, like, yeah. kiss and me yeah, quick yeah, hats it, on. It, you've got grandmas on the hen-do's. When you think, when you mention about old clothes and stuff like that, it's weird that we live through that, really, in history. It's such a brief period of history where these things were just like normal. Because growing up, you never hear anything something. You hear about them in America and stuff, but never in England. And suddenly you got like the, what they call the platinum, whatever it's called, and then the, the, the Beast Stringfellow's place in London. Ah, yeah, yeah. You get those coming up. And then they started going in more provincial towns, and every town would have its local strip club and stuff. And now it's going the opposite, and they're all shutting down again. Well, it's, it's like frowned like upon now, isn't that what I mean? Yeah, like that, that's there was a meme. Was in terms of myself and my mates, we, we're in a perfect time to be having stag do's, weren't we? It must be they're so boring, stag do's nowadays. Well, it, it's weird though in Blackpool because what we used to do, like when we were like 17, 18, I think the novelty goes after that, didn't it? I think we only yeah. went once or twice and it was basically just to say you went in. Yeah. We were going in with like teddies, we'd run in Coddle Island. So you'd go in with like a big squid or something like that, wouldn't you walk in? You're like, oh my God, there's, she's got her boobs out like that. And you're like, how naive. And like, it's a, it's a definite age thing, isn't it? Like, I think it's, yeah, yeah. it's like a American pie generation, isn't yeah. it? Like we grew up thinking, oh. I, I remember my brother's, my brother's stag do. And he got married way before me. It was sort of about mid, early 90s, 1990s. And we were in, I, I thought, we've got to be Blackpool. That's the only place I could think of at the time. We got more exotic later on. I, I once took my mate 
on a well, easy cruise as it was, we went to Monte Carlo and stuff. But my brother's stag do, we did go to Blackburn, I booked a room, I thought we'll get we'll get a couple of strippers on and we'll have we'll have uh, the like, topless wrestling. And then this mud wrestling rink. And basically hired these girls who who book who they were, let's be honest, they weren't the best looking girls. No, no, no. They were the more the, they, they were like yourself, they were into the rugby and stuff, you know? Yeah, But yeah. they were stocky little lasses, and they basically just beat the shit out of all me, me and my mates. Well, it, we, we, I, I, because it, I'd organised it, I didn't want to get involved, so I just, I was the referee. <laughs> we, we, we went for my mate Kegs's, and it was weird because we went in a bar and we didn't know it was a strip, it was like a karaoke slash strip yeah. bar. Okay. And me and my mate, Anthony, he was the best man at the time, went up the front and she went, oh, what do you want, karaoke or strippers? It's like <laughs> half two in the afternoon on a Friday and we were like... I'll tell you what I want to do, I want to sing to a stripper. And we were like, so well, there was no strippers in there, there was no poles or all like that. We're like, oh, well, he, he just said, oh, we'll have the stripper. She had a Reebok jumper on and yeah. she went, all right. She took a jumper off and she went, it'll take us 15, 20 minutes. We're like, why, what's that going to happen? And she just texts these people, come and like and you said, they just came. This woman had teeth missing from there all the way back to her mouth. Oh. And she's gone, it comes in handy. And we were like, oh, get out of here. You know, like you're like trying to nail your pint and they were like, you better you know get what? People sometimes ask me what the most intimidating or worst gig, because it's the most common question for any comedian to get asked. Yeah. What's the worst gig you've ever had? And again, going back to, before I did normal stand-up and I just used to do a juggling act. And there's a guy called Clive Webb. And Clive Webb became famous with Tiz was back in the day because he was the f he was uh, a magician on there alongside the Phantom Flamflinger and all these with, with Chris Tarrant and all them. Uh, Do you remember? Yeah. He probably seen I can remember Chris Tarrant. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, he he was on it, and Clive Webb then went into doing magic, and he started to specialise again in that brief period where this thing was kind of acceptable, a, a blue magic show he called it. But basically, it was like normal magic. But every time a woman appeared out of a box or something, she'd be topless, right? Yeah. And he phoned me up one night, because I'd, I'd done other gigs for him and stuff, and he went, hey, Steve, are you free tonight? So a, a gig, gig in, uh, in uh, a, near, um, I'm forgetting the name, place now. Sort of, oh, oh not Cleethorpes. Down near, uh, oh, it's Crooked Spiral. It's got a crooked spire. It's on, d d near Sheffield. That's Chesterfield. Chesterfield. Chesterfield, Chesterfield, Chesterfield well done. It was. <laughs> He says, got this club in Chesterfield, the Aquarius club it was called. He said, says, I'm doing my blue magic show. One of my strippers has, uh, has pulled out. Could you fill it? I went, for a stripper? I said, what do you mean stripping? He went, no, no, we just need, I just need a 15 minute gap to fill some entertainment. I said, what's it for? It's 500 blocks. And me, in my naivety, went, uh -huh. I'll do that. So I went along and I remember there was something like the UK Centrefolds or something they were called and they all did their cl quite a classy stripping act and then they had another stripper on who, and he said, right, Tina's finished, you, you go and bring her off. I went, what? He went, no, no, bring her off stage. All right, okay, bring her off stage. Right. <laughs> he said, and then just do 15 minutes and then introduce me at the end. So I went on and this poor girl there, bless her, she's done all the strip, can hear all the crowd. Honestly, 500 blokes full, it was full this place. And they're all, hey, walk me. She gets you, and, and then she's got, doesn't want a bow or whatever they do, right? She's there picking up her clothes, literally picking ah, yeah, up her, yeah. all the bits she'd scattered. And then I had to walk on, where did you say, I said, just gentlemen, wasn't it? Gentlemen, lovely Tina, lovely Tina. Everyone applauded like that. And then I just went, right, who wants to see some juggling? <laughs> and just five on the board, just went, fuck oh, <laughs> Not worse, and, is it? I, and I just stood there going, oh god, I've got 15 minutes now of trying to fill in. And uh, I used to do 
a thing where I used to do, I still do it occasionally, pantomime, I would do it, get the audience split up to him, moo, bar and quack, and then conduct them all in an animal chorus. And I just had them doing swear words instead. So, foot, foot, bass, track, and then and I'd and I I just sang Christmas carols with words like that. So you go, fork, 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 foot, twat, twat, piss, twat, twat, piss, piss, fork, <laughs> And all they loved it. <laughs> that added about 15 minutes of that and then got off stage. Well, that's what I was saying to Chris and that. I've never seen you struggling, I'm sure. Like, everyone, yeah, yeah, like yeah, no yeah, matter yeah. who you've seen, like TV, yeah, accent, yeah. you've normally been with someone and thought, they're on a fucking nightmare. Because everyone yeah. likes different things, don't they? Say the comedy actor and stuff like that. But I've never, I was saying the time when we'd done a show and the, the lead from the wall was about this long. And they were like 40 metres that way. Yeah. And like everyone died. And I went, hey, Steve, good luck. And you went, you done it without the mic. You went, why didn't you go close? I thought, why the fuck didn't I think of that? Yeah. <laughs> Just it it's just experience doing it. Yeah, like that. yeah, I mean, I've been doing it a long, long time now. Right? I still, I still know, I still know one of your gigs is one of the worst though. We did when I did the gig for rugby, some rugby club, and I, just as I went on, all of a sudden, I don't remember it. We were doing two two lads from Wigan. Oh, two the Wigan, Sean, yeah, yeah. something or other, and Sam Tompkins. And Sam Tompkins, that's that, it. Yeah. And they. Ended their spot by doing the interview. You did a cracking interview with them, and they said, right, uh, if anyone wants photos now, we'll be back at room. And they went, ladies and while we're doing that, here's Steve Oh, I'm going, you've just sent everyone to the back yeah. of the room. So they people, and then I went on. About half and, 11 at night, wasn't it? With, yeah, and within seconds, the sound system had gone down. So I had no mute, no sound system. And I just remember at the end of that night, walking out to a chorus of, oh shit, and you know you are. <laughs> but, but even then, you know, because it doesn't happen very often, I loved it. I was laughing so much inside. It was so funny. Them sportsmen, they yeah. even aren't set up for comedians, are they? Like, I don't know why people put them on. Like, I would never put yeah, a yeah. comedian on the sportsman's evening anymore. Literally, because the fellas are like that. When you go on, like, better be fucking good. Yeah, like, it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah, normally yeah, comedy, yeah. they're on your side, aren't you? Like, yeah, oh, we're yeah. all going to have a laugh with. Like, oh, so they called it an after dinner, that event. An after dinner event. You want, and the dinner consists of some bloke coming on with a tray of sandwiches, you know, with a plastic lid that they've got some, some wholesalers around the corner. Put the on last after the person they've come to see and yeah. you like put them on first, give them a fighting chance, otherwise yeah, just don't fucking yeah. bother. Otherwise, oh, like you say, no. I've seen some people have... Well, that's like a different sort of comedy is that after dinner speaking, isn't it? Yeah. They all got, they've all got the same half an hour. If you yeah, go and listen yeah, to after yeah. dinner speakers, you're like, oh, he's got the same joke you as him. But then again, so you go back to these things and these are the ones you learn from. And these are the, like going back the years ago, I learned very quickly from that one in front of all them fellas. And... When I did when I did the Britain's Got Talent, the obviously the semi-final, the final, it was in the pandemic year in 2020. And we didn't know all the way through, we didn't really know whether to have an audience or no audience. And in the end it was a Zoom audience, which meant nothing because it just meant there was people in a telly and a band. Oh, yeah, yeah. You couldn't entertain them. You couldn't really use them. I utilised them a little bit, a few gags about my dad not being able to log onto the system, etc. But the way I handled it is going right back to when I used to do medieval banquets because I used to entertain a lot of them and sometimes... You'd have come a lot, weren't you? Yeah, Something I was like, a camel oh, yeah, for years. Yeah. And when I used to do medieval banquets, the occasion, well, say occasion, most of them, they just turn into like food riots because people go to medieval, used to go to medieval and think, oh, it's where they throw food, everyone throws food. And they just think that's normal. Yeah. So you'd be on there and... You know, you'd be trying to do. I'd be trying to do my juggling act, and a chicken wing would go past me. Do you know what I mean? Next thing, a charlie cake uh, whizzed past me, and I'm just been trying to do my act. And so the heckling never ever bothered me. But when I did the BGT, the, on occasions like that, you'd find a table of some nice people of about four people on one table who actually were there for the entertainment, 
and you'd end up going over to them just to entertain them. And that's how I did it. I had to get into that mindset of entertaining the, the corporate, if you like, that after-dinner gig. Oh, yeah. No one's listening apart from a few people. Just entertain them. How that come is. you done it that year? Because I could, I'm sure you'll have been asked every year yeah. since it started. Yeah, yeah, how how yeah. come you done it that eight, year? For eight years, they asked it. Eight years ago, I'll say maybe ten years ago now, when, it, when, I, when I finally did it, I'd caved in. Because I, I can tell, because I've, I've got the messages from one of the producers and he used to message me every single year. Yeah. After the first year when I was going to do it, and at the very last minute, they pulled me from the show and said, oh, we don't think we, we, we want you on this year. We, we do it for next year instead. I said, well, if you pull me now, I said, I'm not going, I'm unlikely. I said, you messed me about a lot. I'd been for meetings in London and all sorts. And uh, they said, if you don't put me on the show this year, I won't do it again. Anyway, they didn't. And then next year, inevitably phones me. Eventually he came up to Manchester, we had a meeting there. So please do, I think you do really well. And you know, we promise, you know, if it, if it goes really badly, we won't show it on telly or we won't, you know. No, there's no guarantees of it or anything like oh, that. Yeah, I know people yeah. talk about, you know, oh, you, you will guarantee you to get this far. And there's nothing like that. But what they do guarantee is at least, if you do really badly, they won't show on the telly. Because they used so, to have tumbleweed, yeah. didn't they? Like newer acts yeah, would go on exactly, it and that, yeah. it'd be like, oh. Were, it's harder, for comics, it's harder for them to get a track comics yeah. onto that show because it is such a hard medium for comics to get their act across anyway. Especially a juggling dog or something. Well. Yeah, exactly. That's what I, mean, well, yeah, I, yeah. I actually texted him one of the years I felt awful after when I finally done it and done so well. Is it, I found one of my messages to him. He said, how about this year? This is about four or five years ago. And I went, I'll come back to you as soon as I can learn how to juggle with puppies or something like that. And uh, then that was it. That was the end of that communication that year. <laughs> And then eventually what made what finally caved me in was, first of all, 2020. Right, I thought, oh, that's got a good ring to it. I reckon it's going to be a good year. Yeah. <laughs> I was a bit wrong on that one, wasn't I? Right, so 2020. And then the second thing was the pantomime that I do in Blackpool on it was at the Grand Theatre. It's a lovely little theatre, beautiful theatre, and I've done there for 19 years. And suddenly the big theatre, the Opera House, decided they were going to put on a panto against us. So they got Shirley Ballas was going to be in it, Cinderella. Right. And they announced it just as we opened our pantomime the year before, so it would be the Peter Pan of 2019. And so there's all this hype about this pantomime coming to town. So it's going to be Battle of the Pantos with a 3,000-seater venue against the 1,000-seater venue and who's going to win, who's going to... And I just thought, you know what? All I can do here is give us as much publicity as we possibly can. So I'm going to cave in for the sake of Panto and I'm going to do Britain's Got Talent and give myself five minutes of TV promotion so I can promote the Panto. And then obviously what happened, I never imagined. First of all, to get to the semi-final, then the, that semi-final being dragged on to September and then October before we did the final. It's normally over and done with by May. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And so it, it basically took up the whole of 2020 and ended up with, you know, now being, you know, Britain's third most talented man for a brief period for two years. But I held the title for two years because I didn't do it last year in 2021, did they? Well, I, I can remember being on because it's the only time I ever watched you. Yeah, I remember because yeah, you were on, I thought, yeah, I'll have to watch because yeah, yeah, Steve's yeah, on and stuff yeah. like that. Because I was like you with the comedians, you always just see they're stitching them up, didn't they? Yeah. And like, oh, oh, that's terrible. And you can make a comedy go down. Like, comedy's not like music, you can't just go on, it's going to be all right. Is it comedy has to be set up? Well, it's the timing as well. Time is so critical. And when you're on stage, sometimes you can do a gag and. If, someone, if there's an editor in a studio afterwards and they go, oh, there's a bit of a bit of pause there, I'll cut that pause out. Yeah. 
I'll cut that. Oh, I don't think he needs that. Like that line there. Oh, he's only waffle. He's only doing some waffle. But little, that waffle, that little uh, mumble that he might made, might be key to the gag. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, so that's that's the reason I did it. Really. Singing, what was Sam McCall like? I, you know, he's the one because of obviously because he, he ended up injured himself, fell off his bike, so I never really met him properly apart from the bits on stage. But it was lovely. But I did meet his brother. His brother works for some magazine and did an interview with him. And it was weird because he sounds exactly the same. So I got this phone call for this magazine interview and it's just basically Simon Cowell on the phone. But he doesn't look like him though, does he? I don't know. I don't even know what he looks like, to be honest. I don't know. Right, right. His, uh, his trousers slightly lower. Oh, it's it's, 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 now, isn't it? it's fit. I don't it's know. Higher the trousers. Look on Netflix now, that picture they've got of his face. It looks like, you know, when you've been for a night out and you've had too many and like you're trying to look sober and you think, fucking hell, it must be. I just say the rest of them, all all of them were brilliant though. And also, I suppose we got to know them a little bit better because. Better carry the show a bit more than Well, we were just in a studio filming the the, the semi final and the final itself. We just literally, all the crew were there with masks on and, uh, you know, you got the cameraman, but it's a silent studio and there's only them four sat at a table and you. You'd have to set up, but you know, when you when you've got your an act like Ryan, you've got to make sure all your props, etc., in the right position. So there's Amanda all, uh, holding. All right, Steve, how are you doing? You ready? You ready for it? And I go, yeah, yeah, I'm ready for it. Oh, good, doing good luck. And and um, David Walliams, the loveliest fellow. I was just going to say they, oh. they seem all right. Like it's oh, weird because I don't think you can them, hide. If Alicia kept singing this song to me, which I still not looked up. It's some reggae classic or something that. She was really, she used to sing it every time she saw me. She just go, Steve Royal, he is Royal, Steve Royal. I'd sing this song to her. And I've not to look, I've written somewhere, I've written down where it's from. And I've got videos of her singing it to me and that. But yeah, she was brilliant. And then uh, it was Ashley Banjo, of course, who stepped in as well. Oh, did I? Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. In fact, my episode, the semi final, was the one that caused all the controversy because they did. And it's mad because I was there watching them do this filming because um, they got diversity on the first semi-final. And they did this all with the Black Lives Matters. Ah, yeah, and, yeah. and it ended up being the most controversial thing. On and I'm just watching it going, ah, flipping it, they're good, aren't they? I just sat, and, you know, because it wasn't aired for another week. It didn't go out on telly. Yeah. So I'd seen it and thinking nothing. And then a week later, the, the Twitter and all the social media is going absolutely mad about Ashley Banjo says this. And, and then the viewing figures for my episode was just something like 10 to 12 million people, something like that, who watched it. Because, oh, but then because of that, you know what I mean? I'm thinking, well, you're watching me as well, aren't you? <laughs> so. Did, does it feel weird though, that? Because you went from like, like normal comedian doing yeah. the panto on that yeah. to that. Was there a bit of a like a culture shock or something like that? Because I said to my missus, if it had to be someone, it'd be all right for you. Because yeah. you haven't got them like skeletons in the. Yeah. It's not like you've you know killed what? prostitutes or all like well, that. You know, I think that's why I did so well because I really. I went on it and I, and I said from the moment I, I, I was going to, I agreed to do it, I thought, if I'm doing this, I'm doing it to, to enjoy it. I've done yeah. TV stuff in the, in the past and not enjoyed it. And I felt the pressure of the gig, if you like. Yeah. And I thought, I'm just going to, I'm going to have a right laugh with it. And I'm going to be nice to everyone, be lovely with it, and, and have a laugh with everybody. And it worked to be fair because, every t- every, like I say, with the judges, right down from the judges, right to the, the, the people who make the cups of tea, you know, and the runners and researchers on the programme. But what I did find, what did surprise me, was what a family atmosphere it is on that programme. Right. It wasn't so, in terms of like you, like you say, you know, did it feel like you know, egotistical or anything like that? Did it feel like it brought, 
No, because it just felt like we were all mates and all, all, all the acts involved in the final, especially, we all still keep in touch, got a big WhatsApp group and we'll still say, send each other messages, how are you doing? And uh, right down from John who won it, right up to, you know, to all the other contestants are in it. It's fascinating watching that, because that's the other beautiful thing about, and that's what, this is another reason why I love doing pantomime. When I do pantomime every single year, I mix with people who don't do what I do. Ah, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, but still yeah. very talented people, do you know what I mean? So when you do stand-up comedy, as well we know, you go to a club somewhere and you meet another stand-up comedian and there's a little bit of you, no matter whether you admit to it or not, that's going, I hope he's not as good as me. I hope he's there's a little bit of that. Do you know what I mean? There's a little it bit is a weird atmosphere with the comedians. And, and, and you still chat and then they go on and they do well and you think, well, I've got to be as good as that. And you go on yeah. and you do, you're all right. And, but then, and, and then you could become pals with some because you gig more often with them. There's yeah. others that you, don't, you gig with once and you don't see for 10 years. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But what happens at pantomime and what the same as what happens on Britain's Got Talent is all these different industries, you've got singers and dancers and actors and uh, other specialty acts, they all get together for this one time at Christmas in terms of pantomime. Mm -hmm. They all get together and you banter and you, and you, you fa and there's not that, there's not that little threat you see. You have mutual ah, yeah, respect yeah, yeah. for their, what they do. There's the, also the interest and curiosity about their side of the industry, of, like, of, the sh of short, what we call show business, right? So you have the, the interest of that, but there's none of that jealousy or you know or worry that they're going to get bigger laughs than you or more respect than you because you all you've all got your place in the grand scheme well it's always random if you look at them panto posters it's always like oh <laughs> they've got lee ryan on they've got kerry katona they've got dave yeah. benson phillips steve Roy. it's always yeah, like yeah, fucking yeah, the most yeah. random that, people and, like, and even more so now i mean people knock and um, i've done it myself in the past thinking so, you know, reality TV stars who went on some, you know, they were on the place on the sun or something like that, and they were a bit of a character, so we've got them now, and they're in Cleethorpe's pantomime this year, and you go, well, and people go, well, they should never have been, but good on, they're taking up. All, all these people are doing is seizing an opportunity that yeah, they given yeah. them. And you can't knock them for that. You can't knock them for seizing that opportunity. Which, again, goes back to your question, a long way of answering your question about whether it affected me in any way that doing Britain's Got Talent. Do you know what the biggest shock of the whole experience has been? It wasn't immediate. It wasn't when it went out on telly because we were all straight in lockdown, weren't we? So I didn't oh, get yeah, the recognition. Yeah. It was horrible, really, think about it, because we went out of the final, for example. It was funny going in. I did go into a supermarket quite deliberately just to browse the magazine shelf because they're all geared up for the final week. So there's a picture of me on nearly every magazine cover. But you never went in. Oh, oh, no, no, I didn't. oh, I'm just oh, going to try, I'm just leaving oh, I didn't go in. Me. Well, that's what I did, I went in just to oh, see. Oh, what's that for? But the, you, at the time, you, you like that, stood with the magazines, with other people looking at them, but you've got a mask on, haven't you? No, I won't. And I brought these glasses. These are the glasses that I wore on Britain's Got Talent. And I was that, I'll tell you how egotistical I did get. I, had to, I brought these and I had to have some, I was ages without them. I was really angry with myself for breaking them because I had to wear some others. I thought, with my mask as well, people aren't going to recognise me. And I was gutted to think, they won't know who I am. And I'm all like, it's me! Get different glasses on! It's me! It's me on the magazines! Me on telly, that's right! She'd just been stood outside it with the magazine like that. Oh, but, me, oh, <laughs> embarrassing again. Like that, just signing your own copies. What, what, did, what is fascinating, again, it goes back to the mask thing. When we, when we find that restrictions lifted, and I met up with you. I yeah, met yeah, up yeah. Up in Cumbria, just as we were like in beer gardens that first week, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, from You had to have on, a meal with your pint, wasn't yeah, it? Or something yeah, yeah. mental and like that. Uh, so. uh, we could 
take your masks off. And suddenly, people started recognising me. And that, that's when I went, oh, wow, oh, this is a bit weird, isn't it? This is a bit odd. But the biggest difference of, of all of it is the respect and, I have to be honest, the money. Yeah, the, yeah. What people will offer you for gigs once you've done a programme of that, of that level. Because it's massive. You don't realise how big it is as well, that programme. Well, like I certainly didn't. When I met you in Sembees, yeah. on my Facebook, someone had put on uh, your mate off Emmerdale. I've yeah, just yeah, seen yeah. thing off Emmerdale, Steve Roll, they're in the beer garden and thing. And yeah, people yeah. commenting, which bit are you for? Fuck <laughs> it, no, fuck, I've just been there in like, uh, uh, yeah, it was just dead bizarre. It's, it's, and, and I turn up at gigs, even now I'll turn up at gigs. And because the programme is so loved, there are people waiting there with the look, and they don't have like pictures, pictures I haven't even seen of myself. Ah, yeah. So a lot of them, they'll freeze, a lot of them. That's been, they're not, not, not normal. Ah, yeah, yeah. A lot of them will freeze frame a picture of the telly, and then they'll, so they can have a unique photo of you and take a picture of that, and then they'll print that off, and then they'll give you that, can you sign that? And you'll go, where's this picture from? This grainy picture of me, and but it's got title, and you realise what they've done. It's just some freeze frame off the telly. But the, the, yeah, there's fans out there of the programme, every, and worldwide as well. I get messages from India. Uh, he, yeah, there's a guy from India who kept messaging me all the time. I was stupid, I, I was so naive at the Wasn't beginning. a scammer, was he? I got a few <laughs> of them. Yeah. That, yeah. Anyway, his, his, his uncle's a prince though. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm, I'm giving him some money, and he's gonna come over. But the beauty is what you don't realise, John, he's loaded, yeah, and he's gonna yeah. give me the money back. But 10 times, got that in it, John. Well, it's weird because I say them <laughs> programs. Like, you watch them it's, it, like daytime TV with um, what's that program in the morning? It's about scammers and stuff, isn't it? You've got right, women yeah. on there. Yeah. That's sort of, like it's the best ones when it's them fat women and young men are messaging them from like Kenya and stuff like that. Twenty-one year olds <laughs> and they're like, I didn't think anything wrong. I thought you didn't think anything wrong. You're fifty-five, obese, and a twenty-one year old ripped wants to match. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah, like I that's know, a red flag, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, they're thinking. Did you not, did no one, but they had that a lot of the times, it's the same as when you look at, and that's the other, that's one of the downsides, I suppose, of doing anything that gets such attention. But when I was doing Britain's Got Talent, you'd Google yourself and you get loads of lovely compliments, and then you start seeing the horrible ones. Yeah. You know, not funny at all, I'm bitter, but you invariably, you zoom, you, you know, you- You only go you to the bad ones, don't you? You look at those people who are two followers, three followers, one follower, the, the, the lonely people, and that's how they're searching for their place in life, if you like, is to have, have digs and criticise. But that, that's social media. We were talking about this before, me and Jack and Chris, saying, like, you could put anything on and you get grief. Like, you could put on, like, nice weather today and someone's like, there's a tsunami in Malaysia. It's a bit, yeah, yeah. and you're like, fucking hell. It's a bit insensitive to mention this when there's a tsunami going on. Yeah, yeah. People are dying. You have a bit of respect, like, fucking hell, delete that sort of thing. And Because we were from that generation before social media, I think we just find it so bizarre, don't we? Like, I look at that and I just think, like, I find myself not putting in a funny thing. I just can't be asked with the fucking asshole. And I, 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 got, I kind of hardened to it, going back to my days when I worked at BBC Radio Lancashire. Because you used to get texts. That's when people text the show. Text the programme. And, and I think people think that there's some kind of... That you won't see all the texts. Yeah. Because there'll be a producer and they'll come in and give you a piece of paper. And that's some, some respects, it's true, they do guide you through them. But you still see them all flash up on a screen in front of you. You get, get this idiot off the airwaves. He's ruining me Saturday morning and all that kind of thing. And, and at first, when you're not used to that, you've never experienced that, it's horrible. Because you know, you're thinking, because you know yourself and you know what kind of, and certainly someone like me, I'm a, I am a nice guy. Oh, I'm yeah, yeah. I am, and you're going, 
but you don't know me, why are you being so horrible? And sometimes people can be so horrible. Well, I can remember texting in there. When we used to travel, we'd work, me and John Woodall, so we'd go from Cumbria to London. Yeah. This is where we work, sort of thing. So you could text in the radio station, and there's someone yeah, yeah, ring you yeah, back, yeah. don't they? I think it was yeah. pushy parents. Yeah. I texted in saying, my dad made me play darts nine hours a day. And honestly, a producer rang us right back, oh, do you want to go live on the air? So there's a, like, I've got it at home, a video clip me, pretending my dad pushed me that hard at dart. I wasn't allowed to be dinner if I didn't get four 180s, and like, lad was going, that's terrible. And I said, absolutely. Like, I was just on the phone like that. <laughs> that's and brilliant. The, and he, he was saying, what happened in the end? And I said, well, it made my love of darts go away. And I said, but Phil Taylor's come and done an exhibition recently, and I'd, I blitzed him. Like went for it and then went, oh, so we might see you. And I said, yeah, but I've got dartists, you know, where you can't release the dart because I practiced too much. And, oh, and like, I felt dead bad because like the psychologist. What's it called, dartist? Dartist is when you can't like all the dart. Yeah, it's like a ill, it's all in the mind. I worked with a guy that I And did. that's from regular playing darts. So darts players get that. Has it ever happened in mid-competition? Like, no, this, Eric Bristow, what, this double top now for the 50,000 pounds. Every Bristow did, that's why he, he was like champion, wasn't he? And then he fell off. He got dartis or dartitis or something like that. It's like a, you go to throw it and your arm locks. We actually done like a lot full of money because I work I like with a guy. He got clamped forever. So now that every, every meal he has to have, he has to eat it with two darts. Well, the guy so I like, work like with. Peas would be a nightmare, wouldn't they? I mean, you always mash your peas onto a fork or squid, but you'd have to eat one at a time. All it, oh, <laughs> it's dinner. Yeah, just, hey, Dart Hans, come here. Dart Tanyan, you'd call him, wouldn't you? That is a big nickname at school. Well, the guy I worked with, he used to practice by holding nettles. Because oh, he, right. he, he got to number oh, 32. He was on BBC. Oh. Right, and he, so he would like, so he'd let go of it. And he was putting his darts in boiling water. So he was going, ah! Like, <laughs> but so like, he never, got, so he never he would, suffered from it. I wouldn't. Go, ah, like. No, he had it. That's what he was trying to get rid of it. So it, cause oh, it, it, So he was like, that's how I heard, that's how I know about it. Because he was labouring on the same building site as me. And he was like, I'm trying to get rid of this dart east. And he was like, I don't know, what the fuck's dart east? And he was like explaining. I said, it's all in my mind. I said, I just practice too much. Now just I can't let go of it. battery with, with darts, his darts right up. So he goes, ah, ah, ah. I thought he was basically just trying to like, anything red hot, he'd just pick up and. You're like, fuck it, hell. That's fantastic. I, I like, yeah, honestly, 100% of real My wife, funny enough, sorry, I, I, I'm sure she won't mind us saying it, but she once had a, a we got out of a bath too, too quickly, really, very hot bath as well, and she had a dizzy spell. She fell, bumped her head, and she thought she, had, she, thought she had a heart attack, a, a stroke. So she, but the panic of that brought on, um, brought on a genuine panic attack. And what happens, and well, I just didn't know, but she started going, I can't feel my arms, and her arms locked like that, in that kind of, like a claw, like two T-Rex. So she's lay, yeah, T-Rex hand, and she lay on the bed like that, and I, I phoned him, obviously, phoned the ambulance, and they guided me through it, is she all right, can she speak? And she's well, her speak's a bit slurred, but the fact was, she was just do doping, and having this panic attack, and it was, the fear was like, exacerbating it, if you like. But I was fearful that, I'm thinking, and I said to when the paramedic finally turned up, I said, "What can that say? Well, sometimes you know, she could stay like that, for, you know, for days. In fact, you, you know, think they're not making a Tinder? Well, I'm just. Well, all I thought was just going. You're just gonna have sweet corn love, because it's all I could think. You know what I mean? To ah, feed yeah. it. Yeah. If her hands like that, I thought I'm gonna have to every day just be boiling sweet corn and put come here, love, slotting it into her little hands, and she'd come ah, nibble it, and then I'd turn it round for her. I was I thought ahead. Let me turn that first. <laughs> and she'd be like that with her little T-Rex arms, like that, eating another strip. 
I thought you meant you were going to dump her, you know, like, she's going to be like that for... No. <laughs> I know it's been 25 oh, no, years, no, no. I'm not punting with that. Oh, it's too much bitterness as a dumper, mate. You've got to take advantage for at least 15 years before you do something like that. Well, I feel like if I seen my bird doing that in the bathroom, you'd laugh first. It sounds awful to say, but you'd just be like... Oh, no. <laughs> you do, though. Well, I mean, like, you'd just be like, oh, if I love her, have you? And well, then... this is what's crazy at the moment. I don't know when this will go out, but we're talking about... You know, without getting bringing the, too morbid, but with the Queen's death and stuff, and people saying, "Oh, comedy should be banned," and stuff. You can't, you can't ban an involuntary action. Laughter is such an involuntary thing. You don't choose. To, all right, you choose to go to a comedy. I don't. I admit that. But what you actually laugh at. You can't censor, that's... We were talking about the sombre tone people have on the news. If it's about the Queen, oh, yeah, it, yeah, it could be like, yeah. like, it could be like 30 kids have died in Asia, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, they're like, yeah. normal voice, and then, yeah, yeah. the Queen's uh, casket. Yeah, yeah, for why are you not sad about the 20 kids in it? Like, yeah, it only yeah, comes yeah, on yeah, for that, the Queen slightly, bit, and you're like, how long... Because, and the, but this is again, this is again, the what generation we're living in now, is people are overthinking all the time. Yeah. So, and as a, as a result of the overthinking, they then or probably overreact in the, the, the over... Show, try to show the sentiments more, if you know what I mean. So I say, oh, I'm with everyone else. I'm just like you, that kind of thing. You know Norwich, I think, I think, did you say that where Norwich, like you can't park your bike out of respect yeah, yeah, for yeah. a thing like... Oh, I'm man, sure those are jokes, aren't they? So I think that's real. Yeah. And that woman in the Corgi group, did you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same, same Corgi, Corgi hasn't Corgi been asked. been the same since, yeah, that, that, I believe that. That's what I mean. I just is think that? like, <laughs> but you, you don't know if these are real people or stuff like that, or I just think, is that, is that a real person? You always yeah, click on the, yeah, oh, I was saying yeah. beforehand, the mentalist comment, me and auntie seen once, who's last on this morning? She's used to be on big, uh, Ollie Willoughby. No, the brown, dark hair, she's like older. Oh, the uh, Christine, not the lamp, like, is it like Christine Lampard do that? Oh, I don't watch it. I, try to I, don't, I don't watch it, just because I've seen the comment. Your wife puts it on. But and she, she put on like she was out for a drive and she mm. put like I'm sure she put a picture of us going out for a drive basically mm. she's just out for a drive and he had like he commented saying if I was in a car with you and you farted I'd wind the windows up and we were like clicked on his profile he had family <laughs> in that you're like what <laughs> like a real person you're like what and he said <laughs> just like if, if you farted oh, in my car I'd wind the windows God. up and we were like looking thinking that's a real guy it just blew our mind like status before that was out with the kids and stuff like that you're like what the Fuck, he's going through That's your mind. Incredible, isn't it? Because people have just lost their mind with, yeah, on yeah, social yeah. media, anyways. Yeah, yeah. But oh, I don't shadow a doubt. Let me think. Let's talk about people. How they think? You know, they, they always say, "Oh, I know my granddad. He loved, you know, he loved Twix bars." And I mean, just as we put the coffin in, in the back, and I saw Twix on the floor. His granddad. Ah, his yeah, granddad. yeah. I saw. We. I went to actually genuinely went to the statue unveiling, Bobby Ball's statue unveiling the other week. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah. it's amazing statues in Lyndon St. Hans. It was a fabulous day as well. Lee Mack with the area, really, really good day. And uh, I went for a walk that afternoon and a butterfly. <laughs> I thought, anyone else? <laughs> anyone a little bit more, you know, mental? Into, mental. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> you know, a little bit more really, mental. Believing, you know, who really believed in all that, the signs, the, 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 it'll send a sign, send it, Bobby, send us a sign. A little butterfly landed right in the pavement, path in front of me. That's Bob. And it had. I'll show you a picture of it. I've got it on my phone. It had little red stripes on its wings like that. Like it's just like his braces. Goosebumps there. Goosebumps. <laughs> like it's always right over the top, isn't it? I actually did a tribute to the, the um, Bobby Ball Foundation to, to finance the statue. They did a show last November. And I, j j everyone did it. It was a brilliant show. They had Russell Watson on, Sheridan Smith. They had Jason Manford compared it. I turned up and, and, and it, it was an absolutely, it, it was a brilliant night, but when I, I went on quite late on 
and they'd give me a headset mic so I could do all my juggling and stuff. And, and I also wanted to tell a story about the Bobby Bob once told me it was a very physical animated story. I won't tell you that one, but, but I'm on stage, I'm doing this, and suddenly I feel this like presence. And I've told, just told a story about Bobby, and I can feel this thing on my ear. It's just like, like a hand on my ear, like that, and then a hand on my back. And I'm on stage talking, and I'm going, and then I else feel that. And I'm generally thinking, Bob, Bobby's, Bobby, Bob, Bobby's, he's back, he's, he's with me, he's backing me up here. He, he's accepting that I'm doing something with and, and I'm like that thinking, and I've got this really strange feeling inside going, I can feel his presence. And then I turn around, there's a sound engineer. Apparently my backpack was playing up, the microphone was cutting out, and he was changing my backpack. <laughs> so he's like that, and I just turned, I saw him like that in the corner of me, I went, oh you dick, <laughs> you dickhead, I'm shitting you up here. There's 3,000 people in the Bobby Bob Bob I'm trying to entertain them. You're down there. I'm thinking you're the ghost of Sonny Bobby Bob. He got a massive laugh, but oh, God, for a split second, I, I'm there genuinely thinking his spirit is with us. Well, I was thinking if that engineer wasn't there, I thought you were like actually thinking them cracks, but because I no. took the piss at the start, you think, oh, I can't tell him that. I'll do, <laughs> yeah, I'll do it yeah, sarcastically, yeah, 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 sort yeah, yeah. of thing. Exactly, yeah. But what were you like when, at school? I always ask that with comedians because I, I, like when I was at school, if you went back, they would be like, fucking, he's doing comedy now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, were, you, I, were you one of them or? I was always a, cl I was always a class clown, but not. I, I also, I'll tell you the thing. I, I had mum and dad, who, my dad was a college lecturer, my mum was a teacher. So what I'd never had was a fear of teachers. And I think when you school, when you start at school, especially at junior school, like, you look at teachers and you think they're another breed because they're. They're not what you're used to. Everyone, everything else in life, up until the point of starting nice school, thing, everyone's been, oh, lovely, do, do what you want, how you want to play, you playing with this? And everyone's encouraging you doing what you want to do. Yeah. Suddenly you've got that bit of discipline in your life that you didn't expect from this one authoritative figure. And then you've got the headmaster and stuff. But I always knew they were human, you see. So I always, and a lot of them, knew my mum and dad. They'll have been so nice to you. So they weekend and I go, oh, she might be my teacher here, but she's Mrs. Jones at church on a Sunday morning, you know what I mean? And so I knew them and, and so I think I was never fearful of them in that sense. So I could, I'd crack jokes. I always remember, um, I, I did, it, it, going back to junior school, so I think probably about six or seven year old, I mean, parents going in and the teacher just going, oh, you're Stephen, he, he's, he's a lovely lad, he works so hard, but we, he, he can't, he's always making it, he can't stop his making, he's always making us laugh. And I, when he does that Donald Duck, and I think this is about six or seven year old, and I had a phrase whenever he used to get told off, they'd say, Stephen, stop doing that, and I'd just go, No dog is perfect. No dog is perfect, miss. No dog is perfect. And then, and they crack up, because I'm doing my little Donald Duck impression. <laughs> so yeah, and also, I was also the smallest, I was always that small kid. I don't right, imagine right. you ever were, John, were you? you always got You've seen that photo of when they do stand-up, when I was, like, until I was about 11, I looked like, um, Oh, what's that kid off the Goonies? A chunk? Oh. So it was like a two-year... Like, I, I, I get sent that photograph, I say, twice a month in WhatsApp groups, I photo, and you're like, it's 25 years ago, we're going to let this go, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, no, I, like, no, no, school wasn't great for me. I was in all them, like... Well, back in the day, there was no special class, was there? Just, well, there was a special class, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you ranged from, like, people with handicapped... Yeah, everyone were all in, so they all got... Special rough. class, yeah, yeah, ginger was, people, yeah, yeah, just yeah, all hoiding, weren't they? And, yeah, and every, oh. it was free-for-all, wasn't it? Oh, I just defend yourself. But see, they, I think that's what I did, because I was the smallest in the class, and the little, tiddy, the little kid with big ears, right? Although I've recently wondered, wondered, I've got a very small head. And I know this from social distancing. 
People used to stand a lot closer to me during social distancing in pandemic. And I go, why are you standing so close? They're two meters. You go, you're not two me. But I think it's my head, my head, because my head was so, they thought they were two meters away, you see. And that's what made me realize something wrong with my head. Then I started looking at photographs as well. And I'll stand in a line of people. Ah, yeah. and it looks like I'm it's just like a thumb coming out. It looks like I'm a meter behind them. And yeah, I'm going, yeah. I'm sure I was in line with them all. But so I'm wondering whether I've actually got small normal ears, right, with a small head, or have I got massive ears? Ears, rather. I don't know. So you could have went on to do something else. Because I always think like comedians yeah. and sportsmen, like, it's always like anyone you talk to that's done anything, it's always like, oh, what could you have been? Nothing else. It was either this yeah, or nothing. So. Yeah, I, well, I know it was always... Because you and Dave have got decent yeah. qualifications, haven't they? Or, like, yeah, well, I, I, I did, again, I think it was more to appease my parents because, like I said, they've both been teachers and both... And I think it's easier now. You, you, you see successful comics on telly now and stand-up comedy as well. And so it's an ambition. I see you kids in comedy clubs now, 18, 19 years yeah. I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. It's never a job that you're desperate. No, that's even like time. five, well, ten years you ago. You dream of it. You no. know? It, just, it just wasn't. A, and if you mention it to me, you go, yeah, what are you really going to do? Especially at school. I grew up in quite a rough school, really. You know, mine grew up. I was one of the few who did go to university from it. And, and, and so it was always drilled in just get your qualifications, get your, worry about what you're going to do afterwards, get as many qualifications as you can. So, uh, yeah, I went to the University of Kent and uh, I studied economic and social history. Jesus. But I've done very little material on the theories of liberalisation and the labour aristocracy with reference to events in Rochdale between 1840 and 1870. John never really captured the niche of the humour in that. That will dissertation. go down well in social my clubs dissertation. But if you do want a book, can I just recommend that you get to the Gulbenkian Library in Kent and... Check out a copy. Gripping stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you had decent qualifications. I didn't know you had like yeah, a degree and stuff yeah. like that. Only a two two. Though. We couldn't be like any different from our school. So, because yeah. in the school you went to that, it was like a crease day, wouldn't it? Yeah, you'd yeah. walk around the sports hall and get like leaflets and stuff like that, and then you'd meet a guy, wouldn't it? And your yeah. grades determined, and then yeah, if you were well, clever, like you'd well, go in with like you just observe it when computers very first came. I mean, the, the pile all someone I just imagined there were bigger buttons back then. I'm sure they did. So some tired type. What did right? What you what you good with the what you you intelligent intelligent right? You, you like what do you things you like? You like sports? You like sports? And then it'll just tell you, right? You're going to be a teacher. Every time it was a teacher. Yeah. But never stand up comic. No matter what you put in there, you could say sense of humour, good waking words up, good at telling stories, always like a laugh. Teacher. <laughs> well, you'll have been all right because you'll have had the grades, but if you went without oh, the grades, like I went up, what I mean, you're limited, like yeah, the file was just like, just, not that, not that. You're like, do you like lifting gold. stuff? Yeah. Do you like cleaning yeah. stuff? You're like, do you want to join the army? You're like three options, like. <laughs> it was shot at. Oh, yeah. Or shot on. That's my mate, Auntie, went in the forces, but they, they sell it like a beef a rep, don't they? Or they did it at our school. It's like, do you want to travel the world? And you're like, does, I, you know what I mean? Like, get to travel the world, meet friends, yeah. and you're like, Get shot at, like yeah. whispered out, yeah. isn't it, sort of thing. You think, who's wanting to travel to Baghdad? Yeah. Or oh, Afghanistan. I mean, the, the, the bits about being shot at are never brought up. No. In the, in the you see the advert, he's on a night it. out, yeah. he's with friends, he's travelling yeah. the world. Nothing's yeah. like... I was born in Grimsby, but I was made ah, in the Royal Navy. Well, Kevin Bridges does a bit, doesn't he? Does where he's like always trying to get like uh, the scruffier kids or like the rougher kids. Shh, hey, do you want to join the Navy? You know, like... <laughs> 
target. They've got a target <laughs> audience up there. Yeah, that's that's where that title came from, isn't it? They are a target because they're literally going to be targets as well. Do, do you like Call of Duty on your PlayStation? It's just the same. Oh, just the same. It's very very similar. Like hiding, <laughs> hiding. Come here. You sound brilliant for us because they're just on like a tick thing, aren't they? You sign so many people up, they're just telling you fucking anything. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. getting targeted by that sort of stuff because obviously the grades weren't uh, matching up sort of thing. Yeah, oh, look at them, weren't really. But I can remember because I was all right rugby then yeah. and a private school said, oh, you can come here, we'll give you full scholarship. The headmaster was like dead keen. Yeah, yeah, and my mum like brilliant. And, and they said, that? well, they said, all you need to do, it's all paid for, everything. You need to get one GCSE. And I thought, oh, I've got a problem here. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Uh, no, obviously I didn't get an E. I think the nearest I got was an E. Oh and, uh, my Me and my word. mate, Psych, were arguing because he got an F and I got an E. And I was saying, mine's higher than yours. And he's gone, F is better than E. And the teacher <laughs> come over. A teacher come over and went, hey, there's no winners here, lads. You know what I mean? Like, they're basically like, hey, you've embarrassed yourself. You know what I mean? Like that. But, I was no. arguing over it. Yeah, that's brilliant. I think it was a G and F. It was somewhere yeah, we were arguing yeah, like mad outside. Yeah. We were like, Jesus. But, brilliant. No, but some people just aren't. I, I, I could have went to school still but, till now. Yeah. still wouldn't pass. That's what's so ridiculous about the education system, isn't it? What's I that? mean, I, my wife's a drama teacher, so she sees it all the time. About her subject, particularly being, you know, being demoted on a timetable. I mean, even some schools, she's worked at some schools where they've scrapped it. So oh, we don't need drama this year. And you're going, that subject is probably the most important subject. Creative, isn't it? Yeah. Well, not only that, but confidence. We, throughout it? our lives, we play different roles. You're always active. And if I get, a, for example, if I get, and the kids will tell you this, if I get a guy coming doing some building work on my house, I'm a totally different person. All right, Yeah, what drip, my drill bits you got? Yeah, yeah, I've got some tungsten carbide, eh? Yeah, yeah, I've become a totally different person. Yeah, yeah. And that's because you're trying to fit into all the different areas. You go to, you, you know, you, if you go out for a meal, you're a different person in the restaurant. You sit, if it's a posh restaurant, you're, trying, you're sitting up straight, you've elbows off tea, you wouldn't sit like that at home, you'd be there in front of the telly, you'd slouch or whatever and eat your tea. So these all these different things. And yet, drama, which teaches you all skills about to be and act in a different way, is the least important subject on a school curriculum. It just same with music and stuff like that. Like same with like French. Did you do French or something like that? Or yeah, yeah, languages? Yeah, oh, that's like, one I did fail, John, actually. I did fail that. Well, who's passing yeah. French? Like, my second name's Le Bon. Apparently, yeah, that's distant surely. French. The one was like, oh, that means John the Good, you'll be good. And I was <laughs> definitely not. And I was in, like, the fourth set for French. And by law, like something. You into Le Merle. You had to do English <laughs> for the first part of the lesson. Because you were that low down. I think yeah. because you were that special. You had to do English for the first part of your French lesson. There was only, like, nine of us. Four of them couldn't even speak. Do you know what I mean? Like, you were just like, thing, and I just remember well, being... Some of the, this is what's ridiculous, isn't it? There's such an array of the skills. And I try to instill it to my kids now. I've got one daughter who's just started at university in London, doing London College of Fashion. Fashion industry is well overcrowded, and it's massively competitive, but there's no way I'm going to say to her, don't bother. Ah, yeah. But yeah. it seems to me, I think we grew up in a time when you did, you said, oh, no, it's not fair, no. Be more realistic. You get that? It's a very British thing to say. Do you like driving that. a van? It's the same way British kids that get told all the time, don't stop. Stop, you know, stop showing off. We get shot, everyone, all kids, and, and I, bet, I bet they don't even have that phrase in America. Don't show off. Because American kids are showing off all the time. Hey, look me, I get these grades, I get this, that, that, that. And it's accepted because it's great to show off. It is good to show off. 
Well, because I was solo in French in another lesson, what they did, I was quite good at swimming. They put me in the special class of swimming, as if like they were all connected. Yeah. So I went out the normal class, and I was telling uh, Chris and Anthony, I got put in the, like, the, the special class for swimming, right? And yeah. no word of lie, I don't know how old, old enough. I was sat in the water, and it was about that deep. Right, so you could sit in it, so just sat there with his. And you knew you knew the lads in that class and the lasses were pissing in there because I was just gonna you know, say it that. was like Lucas Aid, you just sat in it and you just thought yeah, and at the, least they were warm. The I used to go in a cold bath. The first lesson they did brick. Can you remember brick? Oh well you had to die for it. I'd, I'd already done it eight metre in the deep yeah, end yeah, before yeah, I got moved yeah, into this yeah. whatever that class was, honestly. What, and they just had it? Just done it in the shallow <laughs> So they went, oh, we're going to do a brick today. I was what, here? Like that. And they said, because you're new, John. Going like that? I swear down, I just went like that. And they were like, oh, new lad, new lad. I thought, oh, my God. Like all the other people just laughing at you like that. And you're playing brick, sat on your ass. Just, oh, look, I can pick word. a brick up with my hand like that. And I just thought, that's what I mean. When you look back at the 90s school and, yeah. and stuff like that. It's like, how, can you remember how they used to find knits? What is it? The woman, the knit nurse would just come in and look for them. Yeah. Once, once a month, but probably less than that, wasn't it? Can you, can, can, did you uh, have knits in your school? Like, is that how they searched knits at yours? That age? Just a Can't woman. Look at them. They've both got massive beards and loads of hair. I, I mean, they would have shaved heads like us. <laughs> the first time we did it, they had a queue. So the nurse was at the front. You yeah. queued. Me, my mate, I was second in the queue. Yeah. My mate went up, checked his hair, and they went, go that way. Basically, because you had two queues, oh, didn't you? Oh, God, yeah. And, you and then got, you know, picked my hair. And I went the same way as my mate. Yeah, yeah. And then the third guy went that way. And we were like, oh, clean your hair. Like, giving him loads of it. The next guy went that way. Like, oh, clean your hair, biddies. Like that. Yeah. Third guy went that way. And you know, you think, fuck me, am I in the nits queue? Like that. And it was just basically, because you'd been such a thing of them three, haven't it? And then everyone else went that way. That's what puts, like, a pair of gloves on. And like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, put this petrol in your hair. Give that to your mum. Like, that. they sort of just get you out of the class, don't they? Like the smell of that thing, I don't know your hair didn't fall out, what do you think? Imagine mental health, like yeah. these days, saying, oh, them two kids have got nits, <laughs> they're going on, please <laughs> don't mention it again. The trauma, they never bothered, did it? Oh. Stand in a corner, yeah. Oh, I you, have to think about you went, going back to the, the, the brick in the swimming pool, the other one was, I remember spending hours and hours trying to get, I think it was me gold or gold swimming badge, and you had to tread water in your pyjamas. Ah, yeah, yeah. So you're doing that in your pyjamas. And then you'd have to take your pyjamas off while you're still turning water. You get your leg now. And then you get your toe. And then you tie a knot in the legs and then blew them up. And yeah. to this day, people look at me stupid. I do a lot of cruise gigs. Going, oh, okay, I'm the only one walking around during the day in my pyjamas. But John, I'll have the last laugh. If that ship goes down, I'm the one having the last laugh. They'll all be that, clamouring for the life rafts and I'll be going, I'm alright, got my pyjamas on. That's a skill from school that like, you just yeah, use exactly, all the time. Exactly. It's the same with like Shakespeare and stuff like that, isn't it? Like yeah, you look back at some of the school and you're like, that could have just went that way, yeah. couldn't it? I should have maybe not oh, done that. Maths, most of maths. Most of maths. And my maths didn't get from 12. Add up, subtract, yeah, times obviously, right? Division, those are the only things you need. Yeah. Algebra, yeah. no need, ever. No need. I know there'll be some math teacher who'll argue and, and say, well, you, you're surprised how often you use trigonometry. No, I don't. I'm telling you now, mate, I never need trigonometry. Same with English and stuff like that. Your basic English is what you use, isn't it, really? Yeah. I still haven't grasped it, but I mean, like, that yeah, basic, yeah. like, full stop sentences yeah. and things like that. there's a lot like of that. words that are just not needed, are they? Well, that's what I mean. Like, I, why, I, is it, why is it even a thesaurus? The, 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 a thesaurus is a book 
that gives you five examples of words that mean the same. Well, get rid of four of them then. That's what I'd argue. Yeah. Get rid yeah. of four. We'll have a, that dictionary will be like that. We can all learn it then. First couple of years at school, learn the dictionary. I know all my words. It'd be great to do that, wouldn't it? I know all my words now. Uh, before we finish, oh. I've got to ask you as well for yeah. Centre Parks. Oh, right, the yeah. shutting centre parks on Monday for the Queen, which is just how many <laughs> days. Whoever's been in charge of that, there's someone at centre parks who is absolutely. They wanted a day off. Well, they're even out on the Sunday. They think they know it all. They go, right, I've had a great idea. Right, we've got to show. We've got to show solidarity. Right, so we, we tell everyone we're shut. We're shutting it. I'm telling it. No, no, no Maureen, don't be. No, I'm telling everyone we're shutting the parks. And then she's got this back. Like, okay, right, we rethink. No, no, we won't shut. Tell them not to leave. Don't leave the cabins. It's just incredible, isn't it? Imagine paying two grand or whatever you've paid for your yeah. centre park sink to be told that you're not moving. I'm the only thing, yeah. Because you go there and all day, I've never I, been I, the, there. The only so. thing I'm surprised is that they don't, they're not charging you to stay in your car. I would have thought being centre park, having been there several times with my kids, is I am absolutely, because I always say, I, I used to talk about it in my, in my stand up, I used to do a bit of centre parks, and I used to say, if you've never been to centre parks and you're wondering what exactly it is, the best way to describe centre parks, and those who've been will vouch for it, the best way to describe centre parks is you think you've paid for your holiday. Have you heck? So everything is extra. So what they should be doing is, they should be saying, right, we've got screens for, uh, for the funeral, we've got screens, and they're going to be outside every cabin. 150 quid each family. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then, then it'd be, it'd be because you're already in that cycle, you know, in that cycle of centre parks, you go, okay, I'll pay it. I used to spend hours with my kids when they were little, because the only free bits, the pool area is free. Ah, yeah. So you used to go yeah. to the pool area, you go to the pool area all the time. So we're like that, say to the path, say to the path, daddy, horses, 50 quid, five minutes, get in the bloody pool. A lot of money. The, the other thing uh, as well I wanted to ask, uh, yeah. did you see in the paper about the trying, uh, the police put a, a photo out and it's a guy pulling a Mooney and they're looking for him. So they've only got, <laughs> I've got to take in the window, I've I'll have a look, honestly, Google it. And it's just well, a guy's trying ass. trying to identify the butt. The, the, trying to identify the, the ass. Swear down. It's a, it's, a, it's a crime ring, it's, isn't it? It's it a crime you ring. can't see his head or anything, it's just his ass. And they've put it out as like an e-fit saying, does anyone, this guy that was Mooney in one of the Has cameras? Has anyone got this ringtone? How, how much of a, like, how well would you have to know that ass? You'd be like, that's fucking Brian's ass. <laughs> and it's not even a good photograph, it's just a white <laughs> ass with a crack that you're like... Don't, I, yeah. Oh, no, no, I, I, I don't, I'm trying to think of any of my mates I can identify, but no, no. Even your missus, you wouldn't, like, no, identify for anything. Yeah. Oh, it could be, it looks yeah, a bit bigger. Yeah, oh, no. No. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's great, though. Well, I do like the idea that only I identified him by his ringtone. Because I'd like to see the lineup when they do find... I, I certainly hope when they do get someone in, there's a lineup. So do oh, a proper acid. police lineup, and they just all just have to stand up, drop the trousers, and they go, "That's him. That's the one." Brilliant. What's that? What's the famous one that Youngins going now? Oh, the Love Island. Love Island. Oh, well, I've got three daughters, haven't I? So what's up? Always like? on the tanner. Can't stand the program. No, it does my head in. But I mean, who? Like, I felt sorry for Michael Owen. Yeah. I imagine yeah. if your daughter went on there, like. But yeah. Worst case scenario, she's just going to get off and get felt up. Mm. Best, like, no, that's best case scenario. Worst yeah. case, your daughter's going to get fingered on yeah. telly, you know what I mean? Like, telly. Is that, he's a man who scored an, a, a hat trick for England. Belladore trophy yeah, and stuff like that. the youngest think... goal scorers ever in, in an England shirt. A football legend. And now that comes second to the fact that his daughter was a bit of a slapper on a TV. <laughs> on, it, no. 
Well, it's, it's I, a weird I, I, one as well, because all the family will watch it, won't they? Your yeah. grandma and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, what we were saying about naked attraction, things like that. Like, you'll have the same group of friends as me. We've all got the same friends. Like, if you went on there, you'd never live it down, would you? No. Like, you're, that would just be a screensaver for the next 35 years. They go back into work. Yeah. These are all like normal people. You'd like, Brian works as a school teacher, and he's yeah, just there, yeah, stood yeah. naked, and you're like, you going to a school on Monday? Yeah, like that. And you're exactly. Like, I thought this would be the best stuff. He's on my roof, him. Ah, yeah. the lad who's doing our roof every day. I lacked a bit of confidence, so I've come on anything. Getting naked on Channel Four. The only bit I find fun on that is is just watching the screens go up and seeing who's the first to appear. If you know what I mean. Do you know what I mean? So the most well-hung fella. Oh, right. You go, oh, he's the he's the winner this week. Well done, Red. Well done, Red. You get more red, blue. Orange, I still can't see it, and it's gone up. I'm waiting for Past the... his waist, his, his nipple height, I still can't see it. I'm waiting for when they have a dwarf or something like that, and he's just waving on the first <laughs> go, isn't he? <laughs> he's in his whole body at the bottom. Uh, it's all that as well, isn't it? Uh, that's, but that's the national language, the international language of naked attraction. But, hey, but, do, you, do, you like it? do you like it in the bed? Do you like going to bed and having sex? Do you reckon the ones that only get to about there? Do you reckon mm. they tell people that went on it? Like, would yeah. you tell your family, oh, I got, went out first round, or do you reckon they just like keep well, it? They, have to reveal, they do eventually reveal them. You see, like, you, more people do it, but it's the fact that you have to come out and... The, but like, I tell you the other good game, this is how sad I am at an age that probably am, but I like to, when they, they go in and they go, oh, I was pleased I wasn't voted off first, but second, you know, I wish I'd done a bit better. And then do that thing then. Spin around like that. And we've got try and guess what they're gonna wear. From whatever they wear, you know, from the name. Oh like the normal. That's a good game that. But you can have that one on me. So what you do, you watch them, I mean as they walk off and the little bum cheeks wobble off like that into the dark. And whatever, male or female go, oh right, look at that. Right, she's she oh she's she's that kind of I reckon floral dress. Floral dress, right? Pinched in at waist. No. Well, we were saying it's going that low now. We think the next one, like we talked about it, saying mm. it'll be like pregnant at first touch, where they have like <laughs> sex through a wall. They can't see each other. They like impregnate the woman, and they only meet when he picks her up when she's pregnant. Go to the hospital, so that's their first meet. You know, like because they have married at first sight, don't they? Pregnant yeah, yeah. at first touch. And then you just watch them, they hate each other, and they bring up a child, neither of them wanted. Do you know, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that'll be, give that a year and a half, yeah. and I wouldn't be surprised that's on telly. I've got, I know if you, I'm going to pitch that for you, mate. I'm, we'll, we'll, Pregnant let's, at let's first talk, let's talk, straight as soon as we know, we need to talk about that. I've got a lot of ideas for it. <laughs> Eight <Monkey> couples, <laughs> imagine what I mean, like proper cheesy oh, intro. Brilliant. You can brilliant. present it. <laughs> oh, God. Brilliant. But anyways, cheers for coming on, Steve. Anyways. Absolute pleasure, as always, mate. Cheers, pal. Lucky Land Slots, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.